It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, this school year has been challenging. However, before you know it, the 2021-2022 school year will begin. And we're hearing from families who have concerns about whether their children are truly ready for the upcoming school year. Today, we're going to focus on the transition from pre-K to kindergarten and what families can be doing now to prepare for a successful transition. And Commissioner, I think we've got a great panel today uh, with some very good advice. We absolutely do. I know parents are eager and we all are eager um, to figure out what this next school year will look like and uh, what better group of folks to talk to than kindergarten teachers. We love kindergarten teachers (laughs) almost as much as (laughs) pre-K and assistant teachers. (laughs) because a lot of them were started as pre-K teachers and kind of moved on up. But uh, we're happy to have with us today uh, talking about the transition from Georgia's pre-K program to kindergarten. Faith Duncan, director of Georgia's pre-K program and a former elementary school principal who has seen her share of transitions uh, like this for better or worse, richer or poorer. She's seen it all. We also have Jessica Cobert, Michaela Fitzpatrick, Jennifer Robeson from uh, Kindergarten Teachers from Gwinnett County School System, as well as Jocelyn Gums, a Fulton County Kindergarten Teacher. So we've got Fulton and Gwinnett represented today. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you. Great to have everybody here. I wish you could see, you know, this is one of those where I wish it was a visual podcast so you could see everybody because they all have nice smiles on their faces. You can tell we're coming down to the end of the year (laughs) and they're getting ready. Um, So Faith, let's start with you. Is it fair to say that the transition from pre-K to kindergarten, big change for both really children and their families? Yes, absolutely. Children go through many transitions throughout their lives, but I think that one of the most important transitions (laughs) is the one from a preschool program like Georgia's Pre-K to kindergarten. Um, Going to kindergarten is a big event for children and for their families, but it also often has a lot of big feelings. Um, Kids are often um, a little bit scared, a little bit worried, um, and they're all excited at the same time. And most of the times their families have those same feelings for their children. So just as a reminder, children coming into kindergarten classes are coming from many, many different types of experiences. Some have been in Georgia's pre-K, some have been in other um, pre-K programs, some have been in a half-day program somewhere, that's what their parents chose for them, and some have been at home with families. So we have all different types of students um, with many different types of experiences that are coming. But for all of them, it's a big step. Um, For those children who've never been in a school setting, um, it's a giant leap uh, to leave your family and that comfort and security and um, start into what my children always call big school. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, kindergarten runs on the same timetable as our K through 12 schools um, throughout the state. And so that means a whole new thing, a whole new regimen of getting up early in the morning and 
afternoon pickups and scheduling things with parents. And honestly, if you think about it, it lasts until you're about 18 years old. So that's 13 years. Families have to look forward to that routine. <laughs> um, but I also during that period, it's just such an important time. That's when many attitudes um, and beliefs about learning for a child are developed. So it's such an important transition and an important school year for children. And, and let me ask you, what effect do you think the pandemic and the variety of in-person, virtual, hybrid classes across the state will have on this transition, which is a challenge every year, but uh, even more so this year, you think? I think you're right. Um, the you know Any transition from any grade level, there's always you know, a little bit of concern, a little bit of worry, um, but no more so than transitioning into kindergarten. And with the pandemic, um, uh, children have lost that. Many of them have, have been at home. Um, they may have been in a, a hybrid program for pre-K. They may have been um, in a full day face-to-face program, but they've had limited social interactions. It has not been your typical, you know, day of being in a school year. Um, And so they've not had as many opportunities to learn how to share, to learn how to take turns, to learn how to sit in circle time and listen to their teacher. Um, So that's going to be a big, pretty big adjustment for them when they go from um, a small environment, because we know um, enrollments across the state have been, um, you know, lower this year in all grade levels, not just in pre-K, not just in kindergarten. Um, so it's, it's going to be an adjustment for everyone, I think, in every single grade level. Um, but I will have to say, having taught kindergarten for years, I know that the teachers who teach little ones who have that early childhood mindset, they are really particularly skilled at dealing with the whole child and recognizing that children may have had trauma in their life this past year, year and a half. They may have had sick family members. They may have lost family members. They've certainly had less interaction with others. I am very confident that our um, teachers will rise to that challenge and they're going to meet children where they are and help them feel comfortable and safe in a a new environment for them. Yeah, Faith, I I agree with that. And I think uh, we're really fortunate to have four kindergarten teachers with us today. And I definitely want to ask each of you uh, what you would share with families who are concerned about their child starting kindergarten. Um, you want to start, Jessica, would you like to start? I'm sure. So one thing that I would share with parents that are concerned about their child coming to kindergarten is that um, it's a transition for all students. And so teachers are aware of that. And so we're taking that into account as you know, new students are coming into our classroom. What about Michaela? Um, just as Ms. Faith said, it's a transition for everyone. And right. I'm so um, every, we, um, we can identify the gaps and we know how to reach them where they are and we could just, you know, continue to help them to grow. Because remember, we're building that foundation. So um, we're just helping them to grow. Jennifer, Michaela, anything to add to this? Comment? I would just, yes, I would just add that our school um, as a whole really works to transition those kindergarten students the first several weeks and months there the, from the office staff to our school bus drivers to um, the cafeteria workers. We are working tirelessly to make those transitions easy for the parents and for those students as they adjust to coming to big school. Yeah, and I would just say, I mean, all of that, and then just sum it up, I mean, just to, you know, we are aware that every child is coming from a different, you know, 
background and level of experience with school. Some were in pre-K, some weren't, just like you said, Faith. So um, we're aware and we're prepared. And it's really great that we're all very patient <laughs> in kindergarten. Yeah. And I think that's, that's right. super key <laughs> the transition. Well, I have to say, you all seem very calm and confident that everything's going to go well next school year. So that uh, that helps me a lot. So I know that will help uh, parents and families and those kindergartners too. Mm. Um, we often talk about the strong foundation that children in Georgia's pre-K program receive to prepare them for kindergarten. Are there certain things that families and parents should be doing this summer so that children are prepared, even more prepared for kindergarten? I think they need to start working on those routines, um, the nighttime, the bedtime routine, those early morning routines, maybe two to three weeks before school starts. If mom and dad are rushing around in the morning, the kids are gonna feed off that energy. So if we want these kids asleep by 8 p.m., you need to start that bedtime routine at 7.30 p.m. Um, you know, that, you know, get those backpacks from Walmart at, in Target and get those, you get them used to carrying them, lay their school clothes out for the next day, have snack and water bottles ready. So then they get used to the procedures and what the expectations are going to be from them every day when school starts. Um, and shoe tying would be a big help too, if they could practice yes, shoe yes. tying. Or yes. Velcro. Or Velcro. We love Velcro. Just to add, yes. <laughs> and um, along with that, just being self-reliant and um, just being independent. Um, just, just making sure that they understand, like when you come in, you don't have to wait on me. Just, you know, like Miss um, Jennifer said, just get that routine to where they're helping themselves. You know what I mean? Putting up the book bag, tying shoes. Yes. <laughs> Time yeah. and um, you know other self help skills that go along with being a kindergarten. Great idea, but it sounds like we stumbled upon a sensitive subject there on time <laughs> shoes <laughs> or Velcro. Velcro is also an option, or the need for Velcro. Time consuming, for sure. Time shoes, which gives me an opportunity to confess something and thank someone. I entered kindergarten uh, not knowing how to tie my shoes. But uh, David Stover, I believe was his name, who sat in front of me, he knew how to tie his shoes. And somehow I humbled myself and asked him if he could tie my shoes. And uh, when I came home and told my folks that uh, we had a long session of tying shoes that night. Uh, but I thank David for being a good guy and, and you know, helping me through that. So, yeah. Right. Um, let me ask you guys, uh, I've got a question for Faith here in a second, but uh, since we have such a great panel, we hear from uh, kindergarten teachers a lot, and I don't want to put you uh, into an answer that, and so be honest with me here, but we hear from kindergarten teachers that they can tell when children have been through Georgia's pre-K program. Do you find that to be the case? And can you give an example of how? Why is that? They can tie their shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them do have a lot of self-help skills, and um, mm -hmm. some of them do have. Um, they're independent. They're mm -hmm. independent than the others that you know haven't attended. Okay, that's what I have experienced. Right. And they transition easier those first few weeks. They kiss and go right. from mom. There's no cry tears the first. They're right. used to leaving mom and dad and being in a school setting for six hours a day. Right. You know, and they do come back, come in with some, um, you know, the kindergarten readiness skills under their belt more mm -hmm. than maybe a student that hasn't. Oh, and then the sharing is so you can tell kids that have yes. been doing that group play stuff and center based activities. 
So they're learning a lot of fundamental things uh, for education that's going to serve them well into the future, but maybe the most important social skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes. Interesting to know. By the way, um, Jennifer, just so you know, I think my Taish, my uh, shoe tying experience is what led Zell Miller to start the pre-K program. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an old guy and this happened way before George's pre-K. And I think they said, you know what? We really need a little help for these guys, especially that guy. And uh, the rest right? is history. So Faith, um, Georgia's pre-K has a summer transition program for children who didn't attend pre-K or need a little more support. Can you tell us about that program and how that might help in this transition? Sure. We actually have two summer transition programs. One is for children that are age eligible for pre-K this coming up school year. Um, But the one we're going to talk about today are those children who are age eligible to attend kindergarten this next school year. And this would have been their year in Georgia's pre-K or any other pre-K program. It's a six week program and um, class sizes this year are limited to 12. So we've modified the program a little bit. We've also funded um, many, many, many new programs and new classes um, because we know that many children have not had the opportunity to be in um, a preschool setting or pre-K setting. So there's two teachers in the classroom to 12 children. Um, that's pretty good ratios. I bet our kindergarten teachers here would jump for joy at <laughs> those <laughs> ratios. There are some eligibility requirements to attend the program. Um, things like besides living in the state of Georgia, um, they must be age eligible. Um, we've removed the requirement um, that any kind of income requirement, this has been a targeted program in the past so that we can open it up to more and more children. Um, the big things are you either the our main priority groups, you didn't attend pre-K or Head Start this past school year. You attended, but you maybe didn't go t- for the entire school year, or you attended one of those programs that used um, a hybrid program or a full distance program for the entire school year. Um, you also um, must meet one of these priority groups. You attended, but you need additional academic support. You're a dual language learner. You're in foster. You have a foster care placement, or your family um, is without permanent housing. So you're homeless, as defined by um, McKinney Vento, or your or the child has an IEP. So it is a wonderful program that is um, six weeks of intensive but fun um, activities for children with teachers that are skilled at doing this. It's really aimed at helping children make that jump, make that bridge a little bit easier. And you can go, families can go on the DECAL website. And if you go to the website, www.decal.ga.gov, you click on the programs tab at the top and you select Georgia's Pre-K. On the very bottom, towards the bottom, the left side of the main Pre-K page, you'll see Summer Transition Program. And if you click on that link, uh, families can actually go to a spreadsheet that shows them our current summer transition programs. They can sort that by city, by county, or by zip. Now those were a lot of words. So we also have a consultant of the day every single day for Georgia's Pre-K. Families can call us the number 404-656-5957 and ask for the pre-K consultant of the day, and we'll be able to help you get that information. We wanna get as many children that are eligible to attend in those programs. Um, it's, it's fun, 
but it truly is um, very, very beneficial um, to the children that, that have the opportunity to attend. Yeah. Um, and as we're talking about the things that we need to know, uh, what families can, can know about having their children ready and the skills that they need to uh, enter kindergarten, where, where can we, is there a list we can go to, uh, some information that, uh, that families can use? I will jump in and say one thing. Um, we have the G Kids Readiness Check resource website that the DOE has available for families. If you, they haven't checked it out, um, now is the time. And um, you can go on that website and actually learn more about the G Kids Readiness Check, which is given the first six weeks of kindergarten. And it's um, it is aligned with Georgia's um, the pre-K jails, Georgia's early learning development um, standards, and it gives great information for families. There's even videos where they can watch learning in action and actually see what that standard is, what it's about. Um, there's 20 skills that are assessed um, during those first six weeks of school, and it, that is, and I want to say right off the bat, that is nothing for families to be fearful of because it's because it's things children um, have been taught and have been learning in pre-K. Um, and kindergarten teachers actually identified those essential skills they thought would help make a child be more ready. Um, but I, I also want to say every child who's age eligible for kindergarten is ready for kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, so don't, you know, families shouldn't look at that and say, oh, my child can't do this, this, and this, and then make summer be this whole grueling grind of I've got to get ready for, for kindergarten. One of the biggest things about kindergarten and early learning is turning children onto learning, right. making them become lifelong learners. So I would just encourage families to go there and check out the activities and the ideas that are available. Ladies, what other things? Well, I would say there's nothing more helpful than community. You know, ask your neighbor who has older kids, ask your, you know, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, whoever has those um, kids that have gone through kindergarten and see what helped them um, to succeed. But basically, you know, have your ABCs, <laughs> um, your numbers, the very basics, um, whatever you can do over the summer to prepare um, would be the most helpful. We talked a lot about your advice on help what families can be doing over the summer to transition into kindergarten. So I want to get a little bit more specific and I might be catching you off guard with this, but I'm sure you'll be able to answer. So what about that first day or that first week of kindergarten? Is there anything else you want to add or give advice to families as they, um, they handle and manage that, that very first day of, you know, big kids school or even that first week, like do you have any tips on that specific transition period? I think, and as Jennifer um, stated earlier, just getting them into a routine to follow the routine. Cause if they already understand routine and knowing how to, you know, do different things when we get in the classroom, we put them into a routine. So I think um, routines are always helpful. Just getting them ready for, for learning, ready for school. Because as Ms. Jennifer stated earlier, if, if the parents are all over the place, then the kids will be all over the place. So kind of get them in a routine to know that, okay, now you're in school, we're gonna do this first, this second, this third, and then we go from there. I think that's more, um, that's what we usually work on the first week. Absolutely, and I would add that um, starting those routines from day one. So 
If they're going to be a bus rider, put them on the bus the very first day. If they're going to buy lunch, buy lunch the very first day, just so they can start to get into that routine when we have those extra helpers, that extra staff that's helping them get through the lunch line and making sure that they make it to their bus. Um, just starting that from day one for sure. Right. I think often the parents are more nervous and anxious than the students are. These, these kids are ready to go. They are excited. They're sponges. They're, they're ready to start. And especially if they have older brothers and sisters at the school and their neighbor friends, they're ready to get on the bus and come to their elementary schools. That's right. That's all really good advice. And um, I think what I'm also hearing is families, parents, you also need to get yourself in a routine. <laughs> So that uh, you're organized in the morning and do not uh, pass that on to your kindergartner. So I think um, that's, that's my takeaway. Um, well, we all know that families are going to want to stay connected. They're going to want to know what's happening in the kindergarten class. And I have a feeling that this might be different for each of you, but what's the best way for communicating with teachers? What, what do you recommend as far as parents communicating um, with teachers and vice versa? What, what tools do you guys use? Um, definitely email is the best, I would say for me. Um, we have our computers with us all day. And so that's just an easy way that um, parents can shoot me an email and say, hey, I had a question about this. And um, also not expecting a response right away um, because we typically <laughs> are teaching. And then something that a lot of people don't think about is attending those um, back to school nights where you find out all that information about school and then parent-teacher conferences when you're really able to you know, get that communication about your specific child. I would also say they need to read information that comes home from the school and put those important dates on their calendars, pay attention. Most teachers today have some type of folder that comes back and forth to school and it has yes. um, papers in it that you need to pay attention to. Um, and one of my biggest things I used to tell my families when I taught kindergarten was um, ask first, don't assume, um, and please don't believe everything your child says about me, and I won't believe everything your child <laughs> yeah. says about you. So that, so that helps keep that communication nice. going. I love that. Those, that is some great advice. Um, we're almost out of time, but I do want to ask each of our kindergarten teachers, uh, and we didn't have this in our prepared questions, but I know you guys um, will have this at the ready. What's your favorite thing? about teaching kindergarten as you're driving home at the end of the day what is it that sort of stays in your mind about why you do what you do i think for me it's um just that aha moment when i see that the kid has grasped a skill or something it's like oh i got it now and they're so excited about learning and um i think it's just the foundation after they leave kindergarten seeing them in first grade and they're so you know so mature now, you know, I like that part. And just seeing that every day, just see that um, that I'm teaching every day and that they're learning or gaining something every day. That's what makes me um, proud of kindergarten teacher. Yeah. yeah. I would I would say the same thing. The growth from August to May, you yes. don't get it. You don't get it in any other grade level to see that growth from August to May. Um, I had a little girl during writer's workshop the other day. She wrote, I love my teacher as much as my parents. And I'm oh, like, wow. oh, and I, <laughs> I took nice. a, I took a picture of it and I will have that in my photo album till I retire. But it's just <laughs> those little, like um, Jocelyn, those little aha moments when they get it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's teaching them how to, you know, function as a person, how to have those social skills. And I love seeing when they can interact and, oh no, you can take your turn first. And it's like, oh, it's so heartwarming to me to see that we're giving them these basic, you know, skills that they'll take on through yeah. their lives. And of course the aha moments too. It's, mm. it's, it's awesome. And all of the things that all these ladies <laughs> said, but um, to just see them kind of go from babies to kids, um, you know, doing, needing a lot of help, a lot of support. And then at the end of the year, they're just so independent and reading and writing and all those wonderful things um, is why we come back every day. That's, yeah. That's great to know. I swear, you know, I think if I had any of you as my kindergarten teacher, <laughs> I would have been tying my shoes a lot earlier. <laughs> I just think the inspiration would have done it uh, (laughs) for me. Well, this is great. Some great information for parents, families. Um, We hope you will take all of this to heart. Um, As Faith mentioned, we do have a a pre-K consultant of the day available every day, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So if you have questions, uh, you can call us. And we're happy to to address uh, those questions because we know over the summer you're going to have some things that come up. Uh, all of you teaching kindergarten again next year? No big changes? Nobody retiring? Anything like that? No. <laughs> Coming back. All Coming right. Back. Well, this is great. Well, uh, again, we just want to thank you guys for, for making the time uh, for us today. Jessica, Michaela, Jennifer, and Jocelyn, uh, you're the best. And uh, good luck in the, uh, in the coming school year. We, we definitely hope it's more of a back-to-normal year. Uh, in 2022. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, I'm Megan O'Bara and I work in the pre-K division here in Waycross. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, are there any virtual activities you would like to see decal continue even after the pandemic is over? Uh, that that's a really good question. You know, I think we've learned a lot really quickly about how we can do things uh, virtually and we do it pretty well. Now, I will have to say it is definitely not the same as being in person, um, but there definitely are some advantage to doing things virtually. I think, you know, um, our child care consultants really kind of led the charge in virtual visits since we couldn't be in person doing our regular monitoring um, visits at, and pre-K has done the same thing. Quality rated has done the same thing. So I think we've learned a lot from those virtual visits. Now, there are definitely some things we need to be in the programs, working with teachers, um, looking at some processes. But I think some of that administrative type work that we need to do when we're checking files and checking paperwork, um, that can definitely be do- done virtually and saves a lot of time for not only our consultants, but I think childcare providers and programs appreciate it too. Uh, much easier just to upload some documents as opposed to us sitting in your office for you know two hours looking through your file cabinet. Um, and I'm sure there are many more. I, th- I think when we do webinars and even board meetings, we've been able to do virtually, we can reach a lot more folks because it's much easier to log on than sometimes to drive to Atlanta. So I think we need to take that into consideration as we begin to think about what the new normal looks like. You know, from a media standpoint, we've talked to reporters all over the state and we can do it pretty quickly without them having to load up their equipment, drive to Atlanta, come and interview you, mm-hmm. and then go back to the station, they can do it within a, just a few minutes and get what they need. So that's been interesting to talk to reporters all over the state of Georgia. Of course, the standard joke now is when you meet in person, someone's going to say, you mean we couldn't have done this with a Zoom call? <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Here's your chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. You could win gift certificates from Chick-fil-A, the college football Hall of Fame, the school box stars and strikes. We've got a lot of prizes in the prize closet. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. Proceed. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Name one of the kindergarten teachers that were our guest on today's podcast. Name one of the kindergarten teachers who joined us for today's podcast. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.